0: Daddy daughter dance. I I how many of you have ever done one of those? Okay, not enough of you. I have. And let me just say it. That's it's a great thing. Uh, and if you got a if you got a younger daughter, do this thing and make it special. I mean make it make it make it something that that she will always remember. Uh it's you know, you don't get these you don't get these opportunities forever. Yeah. So you have to take them while they're there. Uh and the ones that I went to were not ones that Kevin O'Day had put on. There's no telling what's gonna happen. I mean, we didn't have any princesses selling tickets or anything. Uh, you know, we just we just went. But it's uh it's a great thing. Uh, where's my uh yeah. Yeah, uh it's been a it's been a it's been a week. Uh actually I uh, normally, uh, normally, as I'm as I'm going through the week and I'm getting ready uh, for Sunday. Normally, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, ooh, yeah, oh, come on. This week, I was kind of like, but you know what? I think God's got something to say. In fact, I know He does. Uh, I mean, He did in the first service. he, He does in this service, and. And, and he wants to do some things in some people's lives. Uh, would you stand with me? and let's, let's, read this, uh, let's read this passage together. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? He asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on. and defile a person. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life that is in your word that is always in your word. I thank you for the power of your word. And Lord, I pray that your word would set people free today and that the, your word would cause us to see what you see, the way that you see, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, defile. This um, this, is, this isn't a word that we're, we're familiar with, necessarily, in our everyday conversation. It, it doesn't come up very often. Uh, I, I don't know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's an archaic word, but it's, it's getting there. Uh, and it just doesn't get used much, and so maybe, maybe not everybody knows what it means. It has a lot of synonyms uh, that could probably help. So uh, let's go with a couple of them to debase or degrade. And uh, once again, those are... Uh, are words that you don't necessarily hear every day, and so maybe not everybody even would necessarily know, okay, what, is, what does that mean? Well, it, it literally means this, to make of less value, to take to take something and make it less valuable than it was. And so Jesus is talking about the things that, that debase our value, that, that degrade our value, that defile our lives here. Uh, and there is a sense in which Every person has great intrinsic value. There's a sense in which every person does, and it doesn't have anything to do with how much money you have. (coughs) Having more money does not make you a more valuable person. Having less money does not make you a less valuable person. Money has nothing to do with how much you're worth. You know, what a misnomer to go, well, uh, wow, that, that person's got a lot of money. What are they worth? Well, you know, a few million. That's got nothing to do with what they are worth. That, that, that is an abstract that is sitting somewhere, you know, maybe in a bank or maybe in a bag somewhere or, or floating uh, in, the, in cyberspace somewhere out there. Uh, that, that's what that is. It's not about a person's value. Uh, your intelligence doesn't really have anything to do with your value. Now it has something, you know, in, in the world's measurement it has something to do with your value. Well this person's more valuable to the company because, because of their intelligence level. But in in the grand scheme of things, in the kingdom and in God's view, that's got nothing to do with what you're worth. There's a uh, a fast food place that I go to fairly frequently and Margaret goes with me and, you know, while she's going, you, you know, if I go, well, where should we go? I, she sometimes suggested. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have told that, but I did. Uh, and there's a gal who works there and I've mentioned her before. Uh, so some of you may remember, and she's not real smart. Okay. In fact, um, I know just recently she, she wanted to go to school to do some other things, and it, it just didn't work out for her. Uh, but while she's not real smart, every time I go there, and I think really it's not just me, whoever interacts with her, she makes them feel better. She just does. She And, and it's not always because she's always... You know, up and bright and everything, because sometimes I walk in, you know, and it's very clear she's not necessarily having a good day. But when she gets ready to engage with you, she's going to, the sun's going to shine. That's just what it is. Now, they also have this, uh, this other girl who's who started working there recently, who's clearly much brighter than, than girl A. This is girl B, and this could work with guys as well, but this, these are real-life examples, okay, that I'm giving here. And she's, she's, much, she's much smarter, and Margaret and I don't know her name yet, and we don't have a name for her. But uh, and We're not, you know, not going to give her one, but if we did, it would have something to do with lack of personality. And Margaret made the comment the other day, you know, I'd much rather have... The girl who maybe doesn't do the job quite as well in terms of punching the buttons and getting the things straight, but who makes me feel that I'm glad I'm here. And the other one. So it doesn't have, you know, and, and you know what? Girl B is not any less valuable than girl A either. Okay. Cause it's not, a, it's not about your intelligence level. It's not, a, it, you know, your value isn't about your personality. Some people have personalities that you that walk into a room and the whole room just, just feels better. Everybody's glad they're there. Some people have personalities walk into the room and nobody knows that they came into the room, but somebody knows because there's somebody who's watching all the time. And it doesn't have anything to do with your talent level. You know, all of these things are outward. All of these things are are, are outward things. And the, the reason why we all have intrinsic value is because every person is created in the image of the living God and every person has an immortal soul. And how much is a soul worth? I believe Jesus said that if someone were to be offered the exchange of the whole world for their soul, that wouldn't be a good deal. So every person has an immortal soul and every person is created in the image of the living God. Each person is so valuable that Jesus died on the cross to redeem them. Jesus died on the cross so that Somebody could go, do you believe that Jesus was born, of a, born a baby and, and lived to be a man and never did anything wrong? And do you believe that he died on the cross so that you could be saved? Yes. Yeah. So, yet Jesus speaks of things that defile. Things that, uh, which so, so there's also a sense in which our very self, the, the very, that, that intrinsic worth can actually be sullied, can actually be debased. In some way, I I grew up in a uh, in a a spiritual uh, camp, if you will, in in a a church that uh, placed a priority on holiness. And uh, there were there were a lot of things we didn't do because we wanted to be holy, and there were a lot of things we did do because we wanted to be holy. Uh, So every time uh, church doors were open, we did because we wanted to be holy. And I was extremely holy because I was the preacher's <laughs> son and he always went. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then there were other things, there were other things that, that we didn't do. Uh, and the desire to be holy in one's life is very commendable. I mean, I'm, I'm not at all saying uh, yes. I mean, yes, we're supposed to, to want to be holy. Uh, the problem was associating it with exterior things because that can deceive. That can deceive. You know, just because I don't go a certain place or just because I don't wear certain kinds of clothes or just because I don't say certain types of words. (laughs) uh, You know, we're talking theoretically here. You know, uh, just because I don't do those things doesn't necessarily mean that I'm at all holy. Holy. It just looks like it. It was, uh, it was the law of Moses model, or, or more likely really the Pharisee model. And it was so ironic because, man, we didn't cut those Pharisees any slack. I mean, seriously, it was, it, you know, they are those Pharisees. They thought because they said their prayers and wore the right kind of clothes and they uh, attended the right kind of meetings and were seen with the right kind of people and wouldn't be with the wrong kind of people. Yeah, they were, they were just such hypocrites. When, you know, we wouldn't be seen with the wrong kind of people and said the prayers and went to the right kind of places and wore the clothes and, you know, basically we're, we're, we're doing the same thing. Now, there were some wonderful people in our camp. There were some wonderful people in, in, in our church. I'm not saying that they weren't, but they weren't wonderful because they didn't go to movies or wear shorts. They were wonderful because God had done something in their heart. They were wonderful because there was something real, there was something genuine that was going on inside of their lives. Holiness isn't about externals. Holiness is about your relationship with the Holy One. That's the only way that that we can become holy. The Bible is the Holy Bible because it's different from every other book that exists. It has a relationship with God that no other book has. Jerusalem is a holy city, not because it's the cleanest city or the most beautiful city or the safest city, but because God said, this is where my name's going to dwell. He he made that choice. That's that's what holiness is. And so Jesus comes along and and he taught that the interior is is, is the real concern. And we... We already should have known this, right? It, it's, it's, it's what's on the inside that matters. Uh, we, sh- we should have known this, you know, even from the Old Testament, uh, back when God sent Samuel to go anoint David to be king over over Israel, to anoint one of Jesse's sons. He didn't know the guy's name was David. He said, you're going to anoint one of Jesse's sons. And he, and he comes and Jesse starts parading his sons in front of him. And some uh, by age, the oldest first, and apparently he had some pretty impressive sons. And, uh, and Samuel was going, well, surely uh, this guy must be, Eliab, But wow. You know, he's, he's tall, he's handsome, he's got it all together. And, and God spoke to him and said, I've rejected him. Man judges from the outside. God looks at the heart. So we should, we, you know, we should, have, already, we should have already known this. And Jesus comes along and he says, murder. You've been told not to murder. Let me tell you something. If you hate your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. Now, you knew I was going to this, this place, right? If you hate your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. Uh, adultery. You've been told don't commit adultery. I'm telling you, you know, if you look with adulterous intent, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Don't do not do your giving, don't do your prayers, don't do your acts of righteousness so that other people can see them. If you do, you've basically kind of invalidated them. You've already got your reward. There won't, there won't be any reward for that because you did it just for external purposes. Oh, and don't judge others. You know, that's something that happens on the inside as well. You know, kind of look at somebody and you're just sort of going... Well, yeah, I better call the cops on him. Yeah. The outside matters, but we make a big mistake. It's it's what's on the inside that counts. I mean, it really does. I mean, don't doesn't it? Don't don't you just want to shout hallelujah when you buy a big bag of potato chips and you come home and there's that many chips in them? Oh, thank you, Jesus, for free enterprise. Yeah. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, we make a big mistake when we, when we try to, to change from the outside in. And we're so used to a culture that changes from the outside in. Because the next time you go and buy those potato chips, they'll be a little bit more because the bag will be bigger. Same amount of chips. New, bigger bag. And that's what that that's how the same thing applies to us. This is this is this is one of the more difficult teachings to do. I mean, this this week, I I, you know you don't know how many times I thought I need to do it. I I need a different parable. That's not really a parable. Well, the Bible says it's a parable. (sighs) Uh, And and the reason why it's 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 more difficult. First of all, is because we should. I, I kind of feel like, well, we already know this. Yeah, we do know it, but it's one of those things that we need to be reminded of, and maybe have a little fine tuning done occasionally. Have some things pointed out occasionally in our lives, and then um, even as you're saying this, people can always point out, well, "Yeah, what the Bible also says: bad company corrupts good character." You know, so you need that's an external thing you need to stay away from. Bad company, and yeah, unless God tells you to, how are they going to get saved? Um, those of you who've been here for a while know this, but I'll, I'll, I'll share it again. When I came back to the Lord in my mid-20s, I was, I was doing theater, and uh, I, I really felt like I got to get out of this place because this is, is a bad environment. Uh, and very honestly, a lot of theater, especially community theater, can be a very bad environment It, it really can uh, when we uh, when we do plays here and people have uh, uh, their kids come and be in plays. I often have them come up to me afterwards and go man i 'm so thankful that you guys do this because then you know they can come and, and be involved in this and not be exposed to a lot of the things that that they 'd be exposed some of the other places that they 've uh, that they 've been but i uh, uh, you know, I, I, let's just let's just say that the the company that I was working with was not a good environment. All right, and I got to get out of this place. And uh, and the guy who was running the company, I said to him, uh, you know, I'm I'm leaving. Uh, you know, this will be my last show. Uh, I've I've gotten saved. I gave my life to the Lord. And so, you know, adios. And uh, you know, he wrote me this like eight page letter. Uh, kind of going, well, you know, I really think that I need to change my life maybe as well. You know, let let let's talk about this. And and I'm going, yeah, right. You just you just don't want me to leave is what it's what it is. And so we had a showdown, high noon. And uh, you know, I, I remember very well before that showdown, uh praying and going, God, don't let me give in now. Don't don't let me don't let me you know, he's gonna he's gonna try and talk me into this. Don't let Dad Gummit, if he didn't give his life to Jesus and his wife and his kids got saved. And I had, to do, I had to do theater for another three years after that. You know, but yeah, I mean, there, so there are times that to bad company back away, but then you know, there are times and avoid temptation. Yeah, yeah, you need, you need to avoid temptation. Uh, quite honestly, uh, uh, depending on your particular weakness, there, there are certainly things that exploit that weakness, and you probably need to avoid them. You probably need to, uh, you know, all other things being equal, you do need to avoid them. You know, I mean, if you've, got, if you've got an alcohol problem, God is probably not calling you to go get people saved in the bar. Okay? Hallelujah. Probably not. Now, you know, if that's not an issue for you, you may be a candidate you know, to walk in and order a Coke, a cola, <laughs> yeah, or Dr. Pepper, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and shed, shed some light, but, uh, but, you know, if that's an issue for you, then, then yeah, you're, you're going to need to stay away, but Jesus gives us a list here of some things, and, and we're going we're gonna to finally get to the uh, to the point here in a few minutes, but I'm going to talk about this list for a second. He he, he mentions twelve things that uh, is by no means an exhaustive list of things that come from the inside. He said these these things come from the inside and they they defile. And the first one was sexual immorality. Well, we knew that, you know, and in fact we know that so much that if you've got that one, you probably stop there on the list. Go, I'm good. I'll do that. Uh I remember when I was a when I was a teenager growing up in the church, the uh Assemblies of God used to have a uh, a magazine. And I can't remember if it was monthly or bi-monthly or quarterly or whatever, but it was for teens. And it was and it was uh the name of it was High Call. And uh do you remember it? it oh, it was monthly. Okay, well, you're younger than me, your memory's better. And uh I only remember one. Issue of that magazine, though. And uh, it was because there was this, I don't know, I was probably 13 or 14, and I came, and they had the high call there at church, and it was the sexuality issue. And I was like, "It's going to be some reading here, you know. And uh, first of all, I couldn't believe we're talking about this? Because that was not something that, you know, that... And, uh, you know, and I don't necessarily remember what it said, except I, I know it said don't, which is, you know, kind of, but I, I, that was the essence. Okay. And, uh, but years, a few years later, I met, uh, the man who was the editor of that magazine and, uh, or had been the editor of that magazine and he, uh, and I mentioned it, and he said, Yeah, I intended for that to be an annual edition that we put out. But after that first one went out, the assistant general superintendent of the movement came and visited my office and said, That will be the last issue of that because our young people don't think about those things. And I thought I must not be one of their young people. <laughs> Externals can deceive, yeah. and once and if you do get this one solved, there, there's some other things on the list. Uh, theft. I, you know, I wouldn't steal anything. I mean, I hadn't stolen anything since. It's been a while. It's been a while. I just remember I was caught, you know, and that that always helps. Would you steal somebody's reputation? One of the things that, uh, one of the stories that Bruce Koble told that uh, has always stuck with me and and influenced my life was about buying uh, buying something somewhere. I don't remember. I just know they didn't charge him the right price. They charged him too little. You know, he got home. And he finally had to get in the car and drive back and go and, and, and fix it. You know, and, and, and the, uh, the, the point was, don't drive home. You know, just fix it. You know, because, so it kind of depends on how sensitive you are to such things as to uh, uh, this, this theft thing. Murder? I have never wanted to murder someone. But I have wanted to beat the wahoo out of a lot of people. Whatever wahoo is, we'd find out. You know, there have, been, there have been times, you know, and Jesus said, You've been told, don't murder, but I tell you, if you hate your brother, I tell you, if you call, call your brother a, a fool, you know, uh, of course, we, we don't have a problem with hate, do we? There's not there's not anybody or any groups of people. Not any groups of people that we look at and immediately go, enemy. Uh it's been a fun week. Adultery. How many of you remember Jimmy Carter? You you remember his interview that he did where he where he uh and I don't know how, why it came up, but why he said, you know, there have been times I have committed adultery in my heart. And, yeah, you know, and the, the, the media and the culture at the time was kind of like, what is he talking about? Yeah. Well, he was talking about the words of Jesus. And he was, he was sensitive enough to understand. He was a decent enough, a holy enough man to understand that was wrong. Uh, by the way, we haven't gotten a whole lot better culture-wise at, at sorting that out and understanding those things. Greed, uh, let's, let's all uh, understand that no Christians are greedy and certainly nobody here is greedy. My question is, do you have enough? I'm going to assume that nobody in here involuntarily missed any meals this week going to assume that everybody in here had a bed to sleep in, a roof over their heads. Most, most people in here have a car. Yeah. Do you have enough? I mean, where does greed start? You know, does, does, does it start at six figures with a car? Does, does it start at seven figures with a house? For most of us, it starts just beyond what it is we want. Malice—that's that's a word we don't use a whole lot anymore either. We don't necessarily understand a couple of synonyms. Revenge. Well, I, you know, I will get back at them. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they they did me wrong, and you know, and I'm going to forgive them and everything. But if I ever get the chance, spite. You ever done anything to spite somebody? That's malice. That's why Everyone wanted to do something to spite somebody? I have. And they were preachers. <laughs> Deceit uh, is the next one that he had. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and yeah, I'm not deceitful. I, I don't lie. I, you know, I, I always tell the truth. Well, that's great. You know, or, uh, or, so you're what you see is what you get. You're, you're the same person at home that you are here same person on your job same same person at school that you you treat your spouse the same way at home that you treat them in front of other people well we're talking about some good stuff here Lewdness, uh that's just simply crude uh offensive behavior and uh, and you know I I remember this time when I was 16, but uh, you know, I, I try to stay away from that. But you know, I, we, it, envy. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. The first thing that popped in my mind when I when I looked at this word was, if if you've never experienced envy, if if you want to if you want to experience envy, uh, I'll invite you to a pastors' conference. How many do you have this week? How I many y'all baptized last, you know, year? Uh, and you know, and then if you hear you hear a good report, you know, on the outside. It's praise the Lord on the inside. It's yeah, I bet you counted them about eight times each. Yeah. The only reason they got that many is because they give bicycles away. <laughs> That's why people are going to church there. Yeah. Slander. Uh, Have you ever said something untrue about someone else? Maybe a politician. Maybe a celebrity. I know it's true. I read it in the National Enquirer. Uh, While I was in the checkout line, it was right there in a big headline. I, I just felt like you needed to know it. arrogance, an exaggerated sense of one's importance. The world does not rotate around you. Oh, I know the world doesn't rotate around just little old me. Yeah, but what you don't know is those people laughing on the other side of the room, they're not laughing at you either. That look that that person gave you, they weren't giving you a look. Their heart's broken. Something terrible just happened to them. And and let me just say this. If you've got little kids and you're raising them to believe that the whole universe revolves around, you are doing them a great disservice. A great disservice. And and then, folly, uh, you know, we tend to think of a folly as something frivolous, but folly can be as serious as war. And a lot of war has been folly. It's just, it's just lack of lack of wisdom. These, these things come from the inside, and it's because something on the inside is broken. There's, there's something on the inside that's, that isn't, isn't what it needs to be. I, 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 uh, I like the Message Bible's translation of, of verse 23 in a passage that we read. It said, all of these things are vomit from the heart. That's where your pollution comes from. That's the source of, of defilement. I had a guy, need to hurry along here, I had a guy uh, many years ago, is at least 25 years ago, it was early when we had been at the church just a short while, uh, who came to the church. Um, middle-aged man, he and, he and his wife, they were a uh, nice couple. I, I don't remember their names now, I just remember that I really liked him and uh, they came for about a year or so, and and he and one day he came into my office, and uh, and you know I wasn't sure why he was there. And I said, well, you know, it's good to see you. You know why? You know what what what's up? And he said, Pastor, I just want to know why why do you beat up on us divorce people so much? And I went, really? Uh, because I mean, I I'm definitely of the opinion that God redeems. <laughs> you know, I, so, all right, you've been divorced, that's, that's not a good thing, but it doesn't mean God's finished with you. He's there, certainly, and, and, and I would say that. I mean, I'd say that from the pulpit. We had, we had one guy in the church who was uh, just a sweet gentleman, he and, he and his wife, and they, uh, we'd ask him to do anything, you know, take up the offering or something, and, and he was serious. He wasn't it wasn't like he just didn't want to do anything. He did, but he went, "Brother Ronnie, I can't do that because I'm divorced." And I go, "Oh, Carl, no, yes you can, yes you can. God, God's redeemed that." So I mean, that was the attitude that I had. And here's this man going, "Why do you beat up on us divorced people so much?" You know why he was saying that? Something was broken on the inside. He he, he was carrying some some brokenness. He's carrying some pain. He's carrying some hurt that made. That that created a lens through which everything had to go through before it got there. And we we carry that. There's two, there's two, see, God can, God can redeem, and he does work on the inside. See, Jesus did not come to keep us from going to dirty movies. He came to create in us a clean heart. Jesus didn't, didn't come to, to make us rich in money. He came to break the power of money in our lives. He, he, didn't, he didn't come to, to increase our self-esteem. He came to show us our true worth in Him. Internal, inside. It'll work its way out. It, it will get out there. Philippians 1.6 is one of the most wonderful, powerful passages in Scripture. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. There's two things I want you to, to take from today. Number one, don't settle for outward holiness. And don't be deceived by it either. It's a sham. It's not the real thing. Number two, God's working on your brokenness. You know, there, 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 there are things, there are areas in many of our lives that for years have been broken. Uh, and, you know, we've just kind of gotten to the point where we're, we're just going to live with it. <laughs> he who began a good work in you is not taking time off and he will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. That 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 burning holy light is going to be perfected in you. It is.